It's a good show. Hey, everybody. I'm Lucas Neff. I'm Barry Rothbart. And this is another episode of Saving the World. Uh, and we have an incredible guest here today. Um, One I know... of our most fantastic, compelling conversations that we've had. Yeah, this is a fantastic, compelling conversation. And probably our most accomplished. One of our most accomplished guests. Yeah, we have a Tony-nominated uh, Broadway star here, Rory O'Malley. Uh, he was in the Book of Mormon. He was in Hamilton. Uh, he's also in an, uh, the upcoming Lifetime series that I'm in, American Princess, from executive yes. producer Genji Cohen. And uh, most importantly, he has an organization, or he's a, one of the spearheads of an organization called Belt the Vote. Yeah, which is a voter registration organization uh, put together through the Broadway community. Um, um, he he's part of an organization called uh, Broadway Impact that helped with marriage equality for many years now. Mm-hmm. He's an activist. He's uh, an incredible singer. He was and... on stage during the Mike Pence incident. Yeah, you remember that? You remember when Mike Pence went to Hamilton? Went to Hamilton. He was the dude on stage. He had stage. a front row seat on stage. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> he'll tell you what happened. Uh, he'll, and he'll also tell you uh, why Ohio deserves a second chance. Yes. Yes. So and let's... what his favorite word is. Yeah, and least favorite. Yeah. It'll surprise you. This is great. It's, it's honestly one of the most interesting conversations we've had uh, on the podcast. Definitely the best voice that's ever Yeah, he has a podcast. beautiful voice. An award-nominated voice. All right. Uh, he's going to save the world. He's going to tell us how. Let's go smoke some weed. weed. Saving the world. With Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Rory, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for having me. Are you already yeah. on your phone? I uh, was just putting it on silent. Yeah. I oh. swear. Yeah. I was on. And just a I'm little bored. bit of texting. A little bit of texting. <laughs> 37 seconds in. Just bored. a little bit of Instagram. Yeah. I mean, 37 is pretty high for us, so appreciate it. I've, I've made a decision I'm not going to do headphones anymore. Oh. So I'm... Be in the moment, I'm going to be in the moment, too. Yeah, just going to have a conversation this here. This is just the worst podcast we've ever done. Like, yeah. we don't hear there's, like, a loud noise that's happening the whole <laughs> well, time. Well, luckily, somebody <laughs> hopefully is paying attention. I mean, I'll we're totally cut off no, from the no booth without headphones is the only thing. Oh. But, um, well, you know I'll what? just for run that signals, risk. For hand signals. Yeah. Before we get started, I just yeah. want to say, I've, I've been exploring new ways to sit while I speak on this podcast. You look very relaxed today. I'm doing, like, slight lean, like a Passover lean. Uh-huh. Ooh. It's a Passover a lean. Seder lean. Yeah, I thought that was a, um, You look like you were saying, You're not Jewish. You're sitting Seder over yeah. there. Yeah. You're yeah. not Jewish, right? No. I'm uh, a little O'Malley, bit Jewish. So. O'Malley. I wish. A but tiny I'm, bit? I'm literally, I did the 23 in me. And no Jews. No. Wow. Nothing. No, I mean, I'm not even like Eastern European. I'm 93% Irish. 93, what, what, 7% wiggles its way in there? The other 7% is Northern European, which is basically <laughs> oh just Viking. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> You're so Irish. So Irish. You're I go so to Ireland Irish. and get, like, sunburned. You are one of the most of pale people I've ever met yes. in my life. Yes. Not me. You're insanely pale. No, you're a swarthy. You're no, a swarthy. No, I've met some pale people. Oh, you've met some oh, paler really? people? Some real pale people. Like some clinic, like clinic med- medically pale people. 
<laughs> medically pale? Yeah, medically. Like it's a condition, if it's right? Like, any more pale than I am, there's a problem. Yeah, you have to be treated for it to be paler than Rory. <laughs> I'm here to talk about pale people today. That's actually yeah. my you... activism is to save well, so the world. Like a white, a white, a white <laughs> nationalism. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of white nationalism, no, um, you. Uh, became an activist, not yeah. for white nationalism. No, no, I uh, did Years not. ago. That's a terrible uh, way to start this. <laughs> through something called Broadway Impact. Yes. And can you, you're, you're a Broadway actor. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit? Triple threat. You're a triple, triple threat. Well, well, double, and then Broadway I Broadway actor I and an assassin and an assassin. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's right? right. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, no, I started, I started getting involved with um, activism in 2008 because I was acting in... Um, a play called Happy Days the Musical, which I bring up on a regular basis on my podcast. (laughs) Um, It was like a big part of my life, like when I was starting acting, was I was doing this play, and I really loved it, but I was playing Richie Cunningham and wrestling the Malachi brothers in the the big scene at the end and, you know, giving thumbs up to Fonzie. Who were the Malachi brothers? um, The Malachi brothers in Happy Days were like the the evil brothers. Were they like Like, goons? Yes. Yes. And there was like this, like, very special episode of Happy Days where they challenged Fonzie to uh, a, a derby or whatever you call it, like um, where the cars motocross race. Uh, no, where they just like hit each, hit each other, hit each other. Yeah, like a demolition derby. Demolition derby. Uh, That's yeah. the word I was trying to find. Mm-hmm. Yes, demolition derby. But for stage purposes, it, for us, it was a wrestling match. It's crazy how different the demolition derby is than the Kentucky derby. That is true. You know, you're just Where running did they those come up? I think tries to stand up on us. They were just bad. <laughs> listen, guys. Hey, is there, you guys You guys in the podcast? You guys listen to podcasts? You guys make podcasts a lot? Derbies? You know, I was about to think about derbies. <laughs> This is a one the horses like, do. Horses? They don't run the horses into each other at all. No. You ever think about that? Yeah, no. that's no. the demolition They never crash part. a horse. That's the demolition yeah, derby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've yeah, been demolitioning. Yeah. Kentucky demolition <laughs> would be closer. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's true. I thought of that. Uh, uh, but back to activism and happy days the musical. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> man, you're a pro. Basically, <laughs> solid. No, solid. basically, I I was like in these scenes, and and it was in 2008 when Barack Obama was running for president, and I was very passionate about him, mm-hmm. and. I remember being pinned down on the ground in one like of the one of the brothers. yes Malachi, Malachi yes sorry no that's their that's <laughs> the, the biblical Jewish, pronunciation yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. and so they're pinning me down I thought I wonder if I could do something else with my time this year <laughs> you know like maybe there's a way for me to participate in the world in yeah. a different way right now and because so, you're like this feels empty it felt. Like I'd done it, you know. Uh-huh. I you had, loved doing you had it. Had been doing it. A I'd lot. been doing it for like three years, like in different theaters, and and got to work with Gary Marshall. I was like, and you've been wrestled is... by the Malachi brothers and all of them. Yes, yes. I've done it literally for three, almost like yeah. three or four years at that point. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna try something new. And so I went home to Cleveland, where I grew up, and showed up at uh, Obama headquarters. And said, I'm going to volunteer. Whoa. Tell me where what to do. And so you think that you need to be really um, well-educated in, in how to uh, be an activist or work on a campaign. You don't. You just need to show up. And they yeah. will put you in charge of the phone bank. And you right. know, all of a sudden you're knocking on doors and in charge of people. Not just like once they realize that you're going to show up. And any day, every day, they say, like, okay, you're so, in charge. So this was 2008. Yeah. And, and, the, it, and it, 
Do you think your your profile as an actor had anything to do with what they did for you, or you just no. came in as a nobody? Absolutely not. Yeah. They had no idea who I was, and I wasn't anyone. I was yeah. I, my biggest credit was Happy Days the Musical at Paper Mill Playhouse. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And so for me, it was oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like I, I don't realize. think the word yeah. had gotten to Cleveland about that. Performance. It was that. My mom was working yeah. very hard to make sure Get everyone knew about out. Happy yeah, Days. Yeah, she was getting the word out. Yes, but. No one knew who I was, and I showed up and was just like running phone banks. And it was the election, and and we I stayed there until um, until November. And on election night, two thousand eight, it was the most phenomenal feeling of my uh, life, really, yeah. at that time to experience working towards a goal collectively with a group of people, a generation, Mm -hmm. to have a candidate who is saying, we're the ones we've been waiting for, and to show up and have it pay off. And it was fantastic. But that same night is when Prop 8 passed in California, and marriage equality, gays getting married, was outlawed in California. And I thought, oh, my God. Did I go to the wrong place? Should I have been fighting for marriage equality in California, where we all just kind of assumed we were safe? And it, Prop 8 passing really, like, changed everything in the gay community and in my generation of the gay community because we'd had, we'd been given so much by the generation before us who fought through the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. Um and they had to fight to just to stay alive. They had to fight to like hold each other's hands or go to a gay bar. And so I realized that our generation hadn't really had to fight for shit, you know, that it really was like just kind of coasting along on the work of, of the generation before us. So I think everyone. So you took realized, it for it. People took it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, we didn't clearly because we didn't fight very hard against Prop 8. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you were in California at this time as well. No, I was. I actually had um, gone to New York yeah. with with Happy Days and was trying to make a go of it in, in the Broadway community. And uh, when I got back to New York after the election, a bunch of Broadway people were like, "Let's do something about marriage equality." And a buddy of mine, Gavin Creel, who just won a Tony a couple years ago and has done a bunch of Broadway shows, he was in Hello Dolly for the one he won his Tony for. We got together with our friend Jenny Canellos and a couple of other folks in the Broadway community and just started saying, how do we come together and make a difference? And we started something called Broadway Impact. We started letter writing campaigns. We started, um, we had a rally uh, for New York State and we got the cast of Hair to sing at it. We we had Cynthia Nixon came. She announced that she was getting married to uh, her girlfriend at the time. And all of a sudden, it became so big on Facebook, the the invite of people saying they were coming to it, that the mayor asked if he could come and the governor asked if he could speak. We were like, we we were sitting in our apartment, you know, not knowing what we were doing. And yeah. it just happened. It snowballed. I mean, yeah, like so, it sort of felt well, like it snowballed. Yeah. To go back, how do you go from doing... Uh, for volunteering from Obama for Obama's campaign to yeah. then starting an organization was it like one day you just texted someone and was like hey this would be a good idea and then you were like started a Facebook group like how did that work how do you do that yeah it's it, it, you number one you just have to keep acting like you know what you're doing <laughs> because yeah. no one knows what they're doing sure. no one knows how to uh, effectively make change until 
you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of adjust and figure out, oh, this isn't very effective, but maybe if mm-hmm. we do this, maybe this person can help us. At first, we didn't want to start an organization. We just went to all the different LGBT groups in New York City and said, hey, we think the theater community has a special way of communicating with each other and mobilizing. What can we do? And they were like, just do what everybody else does. You know, write a letter, do this. And we were like, yeah, but we don't think you know the power of of what the Broadway community does, which, you know, we learned. A lot of people have underestimated the power of the Broadway community. That's right. To their chagrin. That's right. I'm still doing it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... You know, it was just like we we knew that if we tapped into the enthusiasm of what the Broadway community is capable of, we could have something very special. And, you know, it turned into thousands of people at that rally. And then we sent, I think it was like 25 or 30 buses to the National Equality March that, that year. We were the largest group represented in D.C. For, for that year. It was 2009. And then... Um, we had the trial in California, Prop 8 trial, to overturn Prop 8. Mm-hmm. And um, we flew to San Francisco. I was in the courtroom for the final arguments mm. um, for uh, Ted Olson and David like? Boyce. It was insane. It was insane. You know, I, I we got there at 4 a.m., sat outside the courtroom to try to get a, get a seat. I couldn't believe we got in. I mean, yeah. it was only by chance. And we... Uh, on the board, it's American Foundation for Equal Rights is the organization that was bringing the case forward, and we were in talks with them with their um, the head of of that organization, Chad Griffith, who's now the head of HRC, and Adam Umhafer. Uh, we were trying to talk to them about bringing the trial to a uh, theater because we thought if we there were no cameras allowed, so everyone was upset that they couldn't see what was going on in this trial for marriage equality. And so we if thought. You, for people who don't know, what was yeah. the what was the trial? What was it arguing? It what, was, who was the the, the issue? Sure, I it know. was it was it was it was basically saying that Prop Eight, which California voted for, yeah. was not legal. That you couldn't you couldn't vote to take away a right, right. that was inherent in uh, the Constitution or of of California. That California said had to say that this was a right for all. Uh, Californians, um, even gay ones. And so it was kind of starting the conversation and um, we knew that it was going to end up in the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. eventually. So our idea was let's hear this argument in final argument in the final arguments with between with that was being argued by Ted Olson and David Boyce, who Ted Olson is a staunch conservative who worked for Bush and Ted Olson and David Boyce were the two lawyers who argued against each other at um, at Bush v. Gore. Yeah. Wow. So they have a history Huge of being history. completely against like, each other. Ollie Frazier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so they came together to fight for marriage equality. Wow. So it was like this crazy... Was Ted Olson's sort of standpoint it was like a states' rights... Yes. Yes. Anti-federalist sort of issue. Ab- right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was like, it's definitely I mean, not about me liking gay people. Yeah, it's not well, about me yeah. secretly was, being I mean, super it, into it gay was, people. It was... But... I, Ted Olson, am definitely not into, <laughs> yeah. into gay No, no, he, he doesn't was, listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah. No, I know. But he, he was... <laughs> I'm, I'm no, believing. Guess, I mean, if uh, he... Yeah. Uh, but he's Ted Olson. Yeah. Ted Olson. He'll be on next uh-huh. week. But it was amazing because he's the one who made the final arguments. Mm-hmm. And 
the way that he was articulating the right for marriage that I didn't have yet and that I was, you know, in a relationship and wanted to get married, it made me understand it better. And it also, like, sometimes it takes somebody from the outside or from a different point of view to clarify why they agree with you to really give you that confidence. Mm-hmm. Do you um, remember anything that yeah, stuck what out? Was it? Was there any argument? Yeah, I mean, he, it, it was like you were saying, that it is, you know, part of uh, the, sta- the state saying that it, it can't take away a right that it's that it's not in the constitution of of California to to deny this and that there's no reason that there's there they also they also had plenty of um witnesses that uh were experts on representation and that or saying that you know being gay is who someone is it's saying it's it's a status of who you are inherently not something that you just decide to be so that you have to it's a protected um, protected status. Status, yeah. So, which is still something that, you know, is not a national... You can still be fired for being gay, you know, mm-hmm. but this was saying that, you know, there's nothing in the Constitution that says these these two loving people can't get married, and we can't take that right away from them. So Prop 8 itself is not constitutional. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a very convincing argument. The other side... Had nothing. They had nothing, you know, and it but was kind of shocking. Gay people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they did. Because you can't was, use religion because it's like you can't. Yeah, there's no. a separation, and right? It's like so. What do you say? Right, because yeah. no one's saying you have to marry people in your church. They're saying yeah. this is you know Just giving them a marriage recognized. Place. Yeah, yeah. So we took the trial transcripts and on the board of of uh, AFER, the American Foundation for Equal Rights, was Dustin Lance Black, who won the Oscar for Milk. Mm-hmm. And he edited together the transcripts, and we performed it in New York and Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, um, Google asked if they could live stream it on YouTube. Whoa. And the stars of it were George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And there was like 17 people, so I got to be one of the witnesses. I just basically stared at Brad Pitt for like an entire day. <laughs> and um, it you was must love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He introduces us. He's like, I, I'm Brad. I was like, I know. <laughs> I feel like he's tiny. Is he tiny? No. no he's tallish, right? Yeah. He's like six foot um, something. Yeah. No, I he's tiny. Not. No. He's I mean, one Tom of the, Cruise. He's Tom is tiny. Tom is tiny. Tiny, 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 tiny Tom. Him and Tom Danny Thumb. DeVito are like oh. child size. Yeah. <laughs> Danny DeVito? So yeah, you didn't know? No, that? I thought that was CG. Like with the hop. You thought they made him shorter? <laughs> yeah. For with CG? Yeah, Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's, he's like gigantic. A, he's, a gi- like... he's a giant guy. So much money invested into that bit. He's been keeping going. Uh huh. It's like the prestige. It's a decades. big reveal. It's like no reason. If he ever won an Oscar, the, the jig would be up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's an I thought the gig is up. Is that the saying? Or it's the jig is up? The jig the is jig up. Is up. Yeah, jig. The gig's not up. Damn it. The gig's always up. I'm taking a point Mario, away from myself. Mario, come on. Um, <laughs> so okay, so you so you were part of that uh the transcript was was a re- it was a yeah. reading. Yes, and then um, that putting it on Google basically inspired hundreds of theaters all across the country to do readings on their own. So we had about 500 readings. Was this affiliated with um with your initiative or no? Yes. Oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they, we started Broadway Impact. They could call in or write into Broadway Impact and get the, the script. And then we would connect them with local leaders who were working towards marriage equality on the ground. Wow. And they would come to the show. And after the show, there would be question and answer. And they would say, if you're passionate about this, you know, here's a local leader from, who's fighting for marriage equality in your wow. state. 
Wow. So it, you set up a whole network, essentially, like an yeah. interstate yes. system of, of or, or, yeah. organized activity. Yeah. I mean, it was basically like our, you know, our theaters all across the country are our churches, are an oasis for so many people, especially people in the gay community. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you that what I have to say or Gavin Creel, a, a Broadway actor who you guys might not know, I can't tell you that everyone in the state of Oklahoma gives a shit about we, what we have to say. But what I can tell you is that the community theater that does musicals there every every year, they know exactly who we are. Yeah, They know who, everyone in the Broadway community and they're excited to... Uh, be a part of what's going on in it's in a New connection York. to you guys. It's a connection to New York. It's a connection to people they yeah. idolize or have like a, a this really sort of aspirational relationship yes. to, and uh, they are sort of already entrenched in these communities, spread out, yes. scattered throughout America. So it's it's like a portal of entry into a lot of different communities. Yeah, that's really cool. I had a I had a, a question because you were saying that you don't need to know anything. In order to do this, right? But is is there something you could know that would be helpful? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, <laughs> I, I think that, no, yeah, not nothing. Nothing's no. helpful. Well, it it always depends on like what you're trying to accomplish. But I, I guess it's very easy to be discouraged immediately mm-hmm. when you're trying to make change, when you're trying to do something positive, because you will get so many no's. You will get like, I'm, I, I can't help you. This isn't, but you, if you find people, you have to work with others. Community. If you find yeah. that community and if you find people who are wanting to work towards the same goal, find ways to collaborate and be easy on yourself. Because when you're doing stuff like this, it's so, failure is not, going to happen because you're making progress no matter what having a conversation with another human being about a issue that you're passionate about is changing the world on a very very small scale but if you two come together and figure out a way how to talk to a slightly larger group of people maybe you'll find another few people who can help out um it's it's snowballs so start small start manageable size and see where it takes you um you want to do, I have another question. You want to do a segment, segment? first? Yeah, okay. I'd love to do right, a segment. Are you ready for a segment? Time I'm ready. for On This Day. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, this is a super positive little segment we like to throw at the beginning of a podcast, beginning-ish. Rory, you um, have a great voice, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I don't think hey. people, I'm sure people tell you that all the time. Have you thought about oh, using it professionally? Have you thought I'm, about um, I'm speaking? It. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm open to it. You just did a bit of voiceover work recently on Bob's Burgers, right? Was that your yeah. first ever uh, VO thing, or have you done VO before? I, a little bit, but like not like that. That was It was crazy. They had me sing and, and do a scene. What's it was, the episode called? It's, um, do you know what I mean? Do you know what it I is? Forget. The most I, recent episode I, of Bob's Burgers. It was on Burgers. last night. It was yeah, on it was last the premiere. night. So whenever you're listening to this, uh, the the day before October 1st. Oh, shit. What day is today? October 1st? You would have a point. That was a... Uh, oh, I, I gave he, the game away. He kind of... What's the opposite of burying the lead? Uh, exposing the it? lead I, before the burying. Dug, I dug up the dead um, body of the lead. I have oh. a quick question, uh, voice-related. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite word to say? In the, in, this like, is like the a most James pleasing Lipton word question. to come out of your mouth. This is a, we're stealing this bit. Really? Yeah, James Lipton does this. He does inside the actor show. What's oh, your yeah, favorite yeah. word? 
Who's to retiring? Say, to say he's retiring. You think he, Bradley Cooper he says will take what's over? your favorite word to say? Yeah, he's yeah, like, what's the most pleasing fa- word or pleasing whatever? Word yeah, or what's your something least? like that. He does like a oh, whole I'm, like I'm sound. Something that the French ask. It's a, it's a I quiz. Apologize. The French ask. Well, pretend uh, that this is original. All right, here. The right. first one that what popped it? in my mind is luxurious. Oh, you I do can tell say you mine. Well. Pituitary. Pituitary. It's <laughs> a good gland. It's a good gland. <laughs> it's some would say the best. Uh, um, the best gland in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, you, I'm gonna give you half a point. I accidentally uh, stole on this day. Today it's October 1st. The way this segment works is that I find something in history that it was nice. Right? It's a, my that least happens. favorite word. On the what's your least favorite word, Barry? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Ugh. Oh. You don't know where the M's and Not N's are. Not my least favorite spice. Cinnamon. I love cinnamon. 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 A synonym. Whatever. Continue. What's the synonym <laughs> for cinnamon? I'm all over the place today. Um, what? What's your least favorite word before we get into this? Oh gosh. Not uh, content. Gosh, to say. really? Gosh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna um, say it, just. Fucking say it. No, I don't, I don't know what kind of podcast this is, but... Oh, oh it's saucy. Get, right. yeah, it's we get saucy. saucy. We're saucy. We're more like a McRib podcast. podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're only... We only come around uh, a, few a, year, a few times a year. A few times a year. It's a little... It's more than... Uh, it's not anyway, good for you. On October 1st, which is the day we're recording this. Yes. Now, it's not going to be the day you're listening. You're probably going to listen to this on a different day. But today, October 1st, something nice happened in history. It sure this did. This is an opportunity to get another half a point by guessing what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll set it... I'll give you a little bit of context. Okay. All right? <laughs> on October 1st... Yes, Lucas has one segment, and he's, he's always is growing madly to find it. <laughs> How many times have you forgotten to send yourself the lightning round? Yeah, so many times. You've had to call yeah. Grace from here so many times, <laughs> desperately pleading with her to email hey, you, you the yeah. document you had uh, yeah. five minutes ago. This is inside. This is um, real inside baseball. In 1989, yes, yeah, it's super inside baseball. Mm. Oh, yes. October 1st. Yes. And this is this is thematic. This... Denmark. Oh, Introduced the world's first what? Broadway theater. In 1989, October 1st, Dead Bar created the first Broadway theater. So interesting. For half a point I had no idea that Denmark was responsible for my passion Wait, of real? musicals. No, they didn't invent oh, Broadway okay. in 1989. Okay. No, maybe in Denmark. Denmark. In Denmark, the world's first Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, outside of New York's sure. Broadway, obviously. Yeah. The world's first non New York Broadway. Man. I'll, I'll do. Would you like a, a hint? A hint. All right. The world's first legally recognized mm. and legal. Now remember, it's thematic with today. It's tied into today. Oh, the first legal Broadway theater. Yes, the first legal Broadway theater <laughs> the was first, it, it was stru- the institutionalized. First, the first legal in drama in the land of the Danes <laughs> was the first gay marriage. Close. Do you want to know? Yeah, I'll give please. it to you. Uh, Denmark introduced in, uh, in 1989 on October 1st, today, not the day you're listening, but today, introduced the world's first legal same sex registered partnerships. Oh. Here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, that's here. Great. Right. There, Denmark. There. On October 1st, 1989. I was but literally so thinking was of like, right. well, products. he said marriages. 
which is slightly different than legal partnership. I am. I'm giving him the point. Look, look at all the now. To be doing. fair, now, he is absolutely vicious. bound to take a point away from you <laughs> oh, over really? nothing later today. He's like, all right, so don't think he earned it. This charade, this charade of generosity um, is indicative of any greater humanity. He's okay. gonna. He's gonna be. Mean Where do later. I cash in these points? Uh, we'll, we'll deal with that later. later that yeah. off the air. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one point that you get, mainly because I gave you half a point, and then we sludged your answer. But I, that was on this day. day. It was on this day. Uh, I want to. There you go. Now you know something. I'm so happy to know that. I did not know that Denmark uh, uh-huh. led the way. That's, a, that's Den- awesome. Denmark. Something's great in Denmark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Do you think if Thank we you, ended Hamlet. the podcast yeah, on that, I people would would be like, "What happened to my phone?" Yeah. Or they would be like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Like if it was just silent after that, <laughs> just sort of a dead. Do you think people would like check a, their phones like a and be like, "What ending to a podcast?" <laughs> I think we all made the same face. Like everyone listening, everyone in here. So it's just fine. like a slight look of disgust. <laughs> we all needed us. Yeah. Oh, you know, ooh, I ooh. I can't help it. I can't. There's Please. literally I can't. You know how much the I love it. Flickered in this building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the ghosts all left. They're like, "Fuck this, we're out. This, is, uh, this building sucks." So uh-huh. you mentioned um, that you. Knowing the Broadway community, and we we have a mutual friend in it, and yeah. I've been I've been a part of the Broadway community tangentially for what does that short... mean? I dated someone who was in the Broadway community. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you mentioned in. that that they're it's it's a fiercely loyal community. Would you say like what is different about the Broadway community? because yeah. I I think it's like from from the outside looking in, it's similar to you know I was started in the stand up. Community, and right. I think that there's like a, it's almost like it's a we're not really part of normal society. Is there something about singing together <clears throat> that makes people like the connect? Like, do you feel like yeah, like you're different? Oh, yeah. than... I think the art form and the medium makes you work as a team in a way that no other art form does. None. Yeah, explain. There that. is nothing because when you're up on a stage with twenty people and you're telling a story in front of three thousand, uh-huh. you literally. Are holding each other's uh, every hands and and breath, and you're waiting for from every moment to moment to carry each other. You know, like you right. are a team in a mm-hmm. way that you know, like on a TV show or when you're doing stand up, especially, it's just you. Yeah. You're on your own, yeah. and. Um, I the casts of shows that I've done for long periods of time. I did Book of Mormon. 800 times you know i will be friends with those people forever because we went crazy together you know like we did the same that's a thing story yeah. 800 times yes and um it, it's kind of a camaraderie that i've never experienced in any other place so you really you make a family um you eat together you live together you are in that theater more than you are anywhere else for years and uh you know, I also think that specifically with activism, we did have a generation of, of Broadway performers who died of AIDS and that there was an organization called Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS mm-hmm. that was started to fund uh different organizations who needed money to figure out what the hell was going on because the government wasn't funding it properly. People weren't paying attention and people were dying. You know, it's mm-hmm. just imagine 
groups of your friends at work just dying. And so the Broadway community came together and, and, and changed lives for the AIDS crisis. And Broadway Cares is still a huge force. And they're the reason that, like, I'm doing this um, Belt the Vote campaign. They're funding it. You know, we raise yeah. money um, after twice a year, the Broadway community comes together to raise money for an organization called Broadway Cares. And we raise, I think, like like $11 million a year Jeez. that's given out to not just AIDS organizations anymore, but like 400 different nonprofits all wow. across the country. So the power of the theater community is amazing because we are a family. We're not just on Broadway. We're in every theater across the country. And we know what happens when we activate in an emergency. Um, and Broadway cares. It's sort of like of... a fight club was just Broadway performers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, we're the people who sing uh, cats to your kid before they go. To, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, we're everywhere. Yes. And yeah, we can bring this whole thing down if we want. It's true. We're pretty much just fighters. <laughs> we can think. We um, can sing cats in an emergency. We yeah, can sing cats until but, people you know, do whatever we um, want pick them an to Andrew, do. You know, pick your favorite so, Andrew. Speaking Lord, of Lord. Uh, engaging in an emergency, um, do you do you want to talk briefly about the Mike Pence thing? Yeah, because this is oh, crazy. Yeah. I you that you was were in Hamilton, which that, everybody yeah. uh, except for uh, who, who's that? Key uh, Mary. Uh, our, our, we had another guest who had never yeah. heard of Hamilton. Oh, oh no, love. Tilly. Tilly had never Tilly. heard of Hamilton, but she's the only Love person it. in the world who hasn't heard of it. You were in she's it. She's not and, from this country. And you were, <laughs> you were on stage. I played King George the Third. Yeah, yeah. I played. I played it like uh, a couple, like eight months into the original cast run. So with Lin Manuel Miranda and all the original people, it was this weird thing. Jonathan Groff, who uh, was the original king on Broadway, got Mindhunter on Netflix. Right. So he got out of his contract like four months early. And I found myself in this amazing role in the middle of a, a storm. I mean, it was just well, like yeah, such what, a huge. Such a scene hit. for us. Uh, I mean, basically, it was like April, um, mid-April when I when I joined the show, and it hadn't even been like what year? It was uh... 2016. Right. So the whole election year, mm -hmm. I was I yeah. was in the show, and you know, if you know anything about Alexander Hamilton, he was. You know, very outspoken, uh, you know, he was a founding father who fought for freedom. And, and the show is all about the revolution and how this country was formed. So to be doing that show during any election would be really... And for people who haven't seen it, is there a progressive message in the show at all? Well, um, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that... It, Everyone who was coming to the show was from both sides of the aisle. Right. It was not like, oh, but there's also a line, immigrants, we get the job done. But that's because that's literally what the country was, a mm -hmm. country of immigrants, mm -hmm. which we still are. But it, it's, of course, you know, a hat tip to the fact that immigrants are still getting the job done in this country. And so it was... Uh, amazing thing. I'd never been a part of anything like that in my life. And, you know, we had political leaders from different countries and from ours come and they would get cheered and booed. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, just you're in a New York City oh. audience and they see you and you have security around them. And <gasps> so when they're opinions. like walking in, 
Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because it's not, not during the show. No. Yeah. No, but but when they walk in, you know, it's people uh-huh. have something to say about it, and um, Hillary had come to the show probably like three times during the election. Wow. And obviously, it's New York City. She was a New York state uh, or New York uh, senator. senator, and so she. But she still had like you know a lot of cheers, but booze, and you know pe- people are gonna give their opinion. Yeah. And it's New, it's New York, York yeah, yeah, yeah. It's live theater, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, the election it- happened, <laughs> and uh, we had a matinee that Wednesday afterwards. And well, this was after the he won. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, I did the show from April um, until this past January for two years. So, um, and I did it for almost a year on, in New York on Broadway. And so it was uh, the day after the election, went to work, and um, everyone was just sad. You mm-hmm. know, like the, everyone was sad, obviously. Yeah. And and uh we kind of came together said we're going to do this show and remind everyone what america's about and you know w- the importance of continuing to to fight for freedom and to give a voice to the voiceless and uh it was really hard because it then was watching the show the audience it's live theater so every show is different they were watching the show through the lens of what had just happened mm-hmm. so when i came out and said my second song which is what comes next you've been freed do you know how hard it is to lead you're on your own awesome wow do you have a clue what happens now which is king george mm-hmm. speaking to the americans after they win the revolution wow. but to today that day mm-hmm. it was you know what comes next yeah. you know great right. you won an election wow. what's going to happen and there was just like screaming from the audience i mean i can't even tell you and i was like very emotional Act like you sang this and people started screaming. oh we had to i had to stop the song the orchestra stopped people were standing up screaming and i was like trying to motion to have them sit How down into the show and, is this it's the almost the end of the first act okay and so, and had there been like disturbances up to this point, or is this like it all broke out? There were a lot of um, cheers, and oh, for sure, like like you know, freedom is something they'll never take away as a line. So you know, of course, immigrants would get the job done. Yeah, huge, response. huge response. It's always a big response. But it had been a response within the the expected parameters of a show audience relationship. Right. Like we knew what it was. Gotten, things hadn't but weird yet. No, but I the show hadn't didn't have to stop. It had to stop when I was doing that. And so it was very hard and emotional. And, you know, we just kept going. And then eight days later, right before the show started, we had a company meeting. And they said that Vice President-elect Mike Pence was coming. And that we we're going to welcome him and that because that day we were collecting for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, doing the, the speech that we always do at that time of year, we would say and thank you for coming, vocal, you know. Yes. He's also so, been a vocal opponent of, of gay rights. Yeah. He fair. also signed a bill in Indiana, which is my husband's home state, saying that businesses could deny us uh, service because mm-hmm. we're gay. So I here it's, I am. It's a lot of things. A happening. lot of things, and here and here is the guy coming in and uh, asking for service at my place of business. And you know, I would be lying if I didn't say there was a part of me that didn't think I'm not going to serve him because yeah. that's what he thinks. Like I can deny him 
Um, and then, you know, I quickly was like, no, I'm, I'm going to be better than that. And I'm going to be there once again for my team because my team has to go out there and, and do this. And mm-hmm. I can't back away from this. And there's also 2,000 other people mm-hmm. out there who paid for a show. So who need it. Who yeah. need it. Yeah. yeah. And they're, yeah. and in some ways they feel like a part of the team too. Am right. I, am I, yeah. am I Absolutely. wrong? Especially in the Broadway. Yeah. Yes. Like and especially that show. That show. Yeah. It felt like there was a real yeah. connection between audience yeah. and performers. These are people who w- w- had waited a year to see the show at that point. You know, yeah. this is like they'd bought their tickets and it just so happens that they went on the day that, um, the vice president elect was coming after the most divisive election of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So he walked in and there were lots of, booze and cheers and just a lot of stuff right so we did the show and, got... and you get to see that because now, you're backstage oh you hear it you hear you it see yeah. it i mean you just and just you know just for clarity's sake though yeah. were the booze and cheers like uh uh were there similar amounts of booze and cheering or was it like mainly booze mainly booze yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah just uh, it wasn't like even look the way that i put it is um Imagine if in 2008, eight days after the election, Joe Biden went to NASCAR. Yeah. And saw and went to a race there. Now, and if he was super anti NASCAR, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I don't want NASCAR drivers to be allowed sir, to get ca- wedding cakes, right? Like, if he you was, it, it's yeah. just the show is a is it, you know is made up of people of color, sure of people who are immigrants themselves or their parents are, many of them, and a lot of homosexuals like me. (laughs) So it's not that, you know, it it was difficult after eight days to um, have him come to the show and to know how to process it, you know. And we knew that the audience was trying to verbalize something and they couldn't because it's not, you know, we have the stage. So we did the whole show. I got to my my part again um of what comes next. And, you know, at the end of that it's when your people say they hate you, don't come crawling back to me. I mean the whole thing. And so of course like there was some report that I was saying it all directly to him, which is not true because I didn't know where he was sitting. <laughs> um but I I speak to the audience the whole time. Yeah. Sure. And so a lot of people were just reading into it and once again the audience went crazy, the song stopped, I had to like calm everybody down. And I'd never What's that like? it, it was like somebody was shaking you. Um yeah. I felt uh, nerves of a certain kind of variety that I'd never felt in my life. Were you, was it scary? Yeah, scary. Like hard to to keep breathing. Yeah. Scary because it. I knew it was a moment in time that I was going to get asked about, and that you know I'd have a conversation about. And I'm just trying to do the words of the play. You thought about yeah. this podcast. I thought about this yeah, podcast. So and I said, you know, at some point. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, like years from now, a podcast will be started. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, this was just this was just November of 2016. Yeah, it feels like yeah. so long. You know, yeah. I mean, I had a podcast at that point. It, it's it, it's crazy because what happened after that is, you know, we, we made a speech that was saying, thank you, Mr. Vice President Elect for coming. I think we thanked him like three times. We're oh yeah, uh, this was here. in the middle of the show. No, no, this was at the end of the show. Uh, we were, bowed. Yeah. We will always make a speech at this time of year to collect money. It's a curtain speech. Say, um, people will be collecting money for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. So at the end of the show, we said, 
And, you know, thank you for being here, Mr. Vice President-elect. We hope that your administration represents all of us of different sexual orientations, races, and uh, immigrants. It was very respectful. Brandon Victor Dixon uh, did this. Was there a discussion beforehand to do this? Yes. What was was that like? Um, did you all have to yeah. agree to be like this is what? Did you all have to come to consensus before the group would be like this is what we're going to say? There was a p- pretty quick consensus because um, Brandon read something I believe at the beginning of the the meeting when we were called in right before the show and told, and um, I think some people said like can we say this? Can we add this? Or can we, you know, make sure we don't say that? And uh, so it was definitely a group effort. I think that it ever, the, the it was a it was really well said. I, I I had absolutely nothing to do with it other than my thumbs up and mm-hmm. saying I'm 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 proud to be a part of mm-hmm. cast. But um, after it was said is when uh, the vice president's boss started tweeting about it. And saying that, you know, we were disrespectful and we should be apologizing and and really was like tweeting about it for days. And you remember, this was before the inauguration. If you think Mm -hmm. back to like tweeting controversies, this is like 10,000 years ago, right? This is like one of the first. Right. So we were like, what is happening? (laughs) You know, like all of a sudden, you know, I went to work the next day and there were like five or six reporters at the stage door trying to get quotes from us and trying to to call me and we you know i got a lot of like anti-gay social media stuff and people saying the worst things that people have ever said to me online were from this i remember he almost framed it as if you guys didn't want to perform for him or there was like a you weren't gracious in having him there yeah it felt and some of the narratives that i saw after it it sounded like almost like you guys stopped the show several times to pointedly like yeah Make a, yeah. a, a like a figure a figurehead out like to burn him in effigy, which is right. not what face, happened. Costume, no, which is, it never happened, no. right? No, no, it ne- it definitely never happened. And I I can't say that I remember him saying anything other than at one point he said like that's what democracy sounds like. He said exactly the thing that a politician is to when say. When did he say it? I think I'll meet the press the next week. Oh, the next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he didn't come backstage or anything no. like that. He wouldn't yeah, have, no, I no, can't no. imagine he would have been invited Honestly, backstage. he was, his social, uh, social security, secret service, um, was taking him out the door yeah. while we were making the speech, uh-huh. but he stopped them to listen. Uh-huh. And so it was, it, it, there was a lot of, um, wrong information that was going out there. And I understand people outside the Broadway community not realizing that making a curtain speech is something that happens all the time at the end of a show to say something to the audience, but especially at that time of year when we're collecting money for for charity. Um, And it would have been insane if we didn't mention what had been going on that entire show. Because did we do did we do anything to change the show or make it pointed about him? No. But the audience was, was reacting. Was there, there was anything a discussion. you would you look back on it and you say, Oh, I wish this this had gone down differently. That you could have had cha- uh, some sort of power over to change. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's really what fascinating. Is it, what, what does it feel now? like when you're a part of something and then it's used in a broader narrative or it's altered in in the way it's it's told or you know how does that feel to be like i was there right and you're saying something that didn't happen and you're making us villains right is it like really scary is that that like a yeah 
Uh, you know, I remember, I remember just being exhausted and just at that, that week being like, oh, can't we just be in Hello Dolly right now? You're the only moment in time where someone yeah. was like, I don't want to be in Hamilton. I yeah. want to be in Hello Dolly. Well, if only I could be in Hello Dolly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's the responsibility that comes with being in something that speaks to so many people. Sure. You know, anytime you're involved with something that gets the uh, uh, a platform and um, you're if you're lucky enough to get something where people are listening to you or the group of people that you're working with, you have a responsibility to say the right thing and and be truthful. And I was very proud to be a part of a company that was respectful, but not pretending like reality wasn't happening mm-hmm. you know and and i think that it was a lesson for me because i realized i can't make people who don't want to hear what really happened or watch the speech you know it's like you watch the speech and it's saying thank you so much for being here we're hoping that you represent all of america it, yeah us. and people on the left must have been mad too that you didn't go far enough you know that's a, it's funny because it's funny you say that because i always find that most of the hardest um backlash that i've received of doing things in mm-hmm. activism doesn't come from the side that mm-hmm. disagrees with you it's the side that agrees with you sure especially during marriage equality a lot of people in the gay community were mad that broadway impact wasn't doing enough mm. and i was like we are three gays who have no idea what we're doing. If you yeah. want to help us or figure out a way to do this better, no yeah. one is stopping. In a lot of ways, that's because you're the ones who will listen. Right. Whereas, like, the other side won't. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I, I I would see that with, like, um, going to uh, – there was a, a, a state senator in New York, Tom Duane, who was instrumental in getting marriage equality passed in New York State. And he was one of the first openly gay, HIV-positive public servants in New York. And he introduced the bill for marriage equality in New York State. And we would have meetings with him where he would be talking to all the different LGBT groups. And people were furious with him for not working fast enough, for not (laughs) being effective enough, for not doing enough. And I was mortified for him now i'm kind of like a shy midwesterner in Uh that sense you know yeah but to see like new yorkers go after this guy who's like the biggest advocate yeah Yeah. Yeah. i was like oh man i don't know if i could ever be a politician in that sense because no good deed goes unpunished yeah i would it would never break my heart to hear somebody who disagrees with what i'm doing but to hear people who agree with you and who you're held actively yeah. same side. it's yeah. that's it's like you fight with your wife heart. more than you fight with your enemies well yeah, yeah. well that those <laughs> are wars of proximity you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean true. which might be the same thing uh th- i think this is a perfect time to do another little segment oh Light- this is the big one lightning, lightning round oh man Sound effect. Uh, this is where we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, no. I mean, we know Feel you a little bit. Feel free to jump in on this screaming if you ever want to. Yeah, if, you, if you're feeling like you haven't screamed enough. <laughs> I keep missing enough, my cue. If, you, if you're feeling like at, at any point, like, I haven't screamed enough, just just dive in. Ah! You know? yeah, 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 great. Do you, uh, uh-huh. do you insure your voice? Yeah. 
Um, no, I'm going to look into that. Do you have a policy you'd recommend? I have a voice guy, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I'll, he's got I'll a good send voice him your guy. Way. He's yeah. got a good voice guy. You're going to Yeah, my voice yeah. is uh, Golden. Like $10 million. Ooh, $10 million voice right voice. there. You better yeah. with that buttery. Yeah. Only on one of the octaves. He's so. got the J-Lo deal. Yeah, mid-octave. <laughs> I've insured one octave. Uh, the lowest. He's insured <laughs> the lowest octave. <laughs> okay. It was um, the cheapest deal I could find. Whatever, you know. Yeah, okay, so this is lightning round. Uh, lightning round is uh, it's a fast round. You'll probably have noticed we, we yeah. move through it quickly. Yeah. Um, Barry usually explains it, uh, but he's sorry, not. I'm, I'm going to do it today. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> Barry's occupied. Uh, but, uh, uh, sorry, this is really unprofessional. You deserve better. Anyway, the lightning round. <laughs> um, it's simple. All right, here it's we go. Super this simple. is where we learn a lot about you. This We're gonna is learn so the much. Most heavily Rory involved. Oh God. Mm-hmm. This is segment. majority Rory. So. <laughs> Simple. Five questions come at you. We well, there's going to be ten. Challenges. There's going to be ten. Five in my round. Just don't worry about his round. Okay. Uh, Unless you want to. Y- uh, after you all five are you asked, uh-huh. then you start answering. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And if you that. get all of them and you're honest, you get a point. It can be in any order. Uh, 30 you seconds? Have, around 30 seconds. Around 30 seconds. Uh, Wait, a who tight decides if I'm honest? You have, to, you have to be honest. We'll <laughs> okay. know. Oh, you have to I be honest. I think you'll know and God will know. Great. Uh-huh. Um, but, Back in Catholic school. Great. And then I and then we will give you a point. You can ask for help at any point. We can throw it out, but you won't get a point if yeah. you ask for help. But you, uh-huh. we will be more than happy. You to only help. get a point if you don't ask for help. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Lightning round. Lightning round. Question one. one. Okay. Uh, Are you ready to oh, go? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I thought I was in a different document. Okay, here we go. Lightning round. Question one. Uh-huh. What's the weirdest thing you've improvised or done on stage for shits and giggles? Two. <laughs> of the three threats, what's the most threatening? Three. <laughs> Is anyone's vote actually more valuable than anyone else's? Would you give up yours for anyone else's? F- four. I forget what numbers these are. Uh, Harvey Firestein. Five. What's the most intimate thing a performer can give to an audience? Oh, my gosh. So, um... Go. The thing I've improvised, I had to do, I improvised with the Groundlings uh, as a guest, and it was so scary, like a couple weeks ago, and I had to be a meerkat, but I didn't <laughs> remember what a meerkat was, and I was like just a cat, and a meerkat is not a cat. <laughs> and I'm still thinking about I mean, how an audience of debatable. people thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, of the three threats... What's the most threatening? Fire. Ah! Um, Wait, what? I don't. Oh. I, I don't know. Well, I think um, three threats. Three threats makes you a oh triple threat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it still fire? I see. <laughs> um, oh, you I thought see. I meant just like the three most I was threatening like, things. Yeah. On three Earth? threatening things. Water, oh. fire, earth. Of the triple <laughs> threats, what's the most threatening? Yeah. Well, fire for that. But then for for me, um, I think. Singing because singing has like literally opened any door that I needed to get you through. Can open like a door through song, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah. I only get it's so much more most powerful. of the times. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a guy, oh, whatever, and then oh, but you sing. Yes. Okay, well, we'll put you in this part, right, and you can right. do that. It's like a hard skill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like so, woodwork. Yes, yes, it's just like woodwork. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> except you have nothing at the yeah. end of it. Um. <laughs> And then, oh, great. Is part of this that I'm going to forget? Well, you can get help. You could forget or you could could choose not to forget and remember the rest of the questions. Okay, I remember. Oh, you have three. What if I do them out of order? If I remember. You can do them out of order. Out of order is fine. You have three left. I have three left? 
Oh yeah, three thre- three threats. Okay, um, three questions left. The one at the end was, "What's the most vulnerable thing you can?" Or no, what do you give to an audience, and it's your vulnerability. Oh. Your oh, your heart, your vulnerability to sh- to be seen naked, which is something I would never want. But I, oh. but you do it on okay. stage. I see that. Um, the voting one, I would never give up my vote ever, 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 never. Okay. Um, I would I I talk to people about who they're going to vote for, and I try to make an informed choice. But I would never give up my vote. You have one question left. I I, I won't it's take away your question. point, but it was: is anyone's vote more important than anyone else's? No. Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. But well, yes. Well, technically, in the electoral college system, mathematically, yes, there are people whose votes are more important. But that's to the side of the issue. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. it, to me, no. No. I feel... Okay. It's his lightning round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. We all know whose yeah. lightning round it is. I'm just uh-huh. offering some math. Okay. Oh, man. And I... There's one more. There's, There's one, one more, more right in the sh- middle. It's the shortest question. Card. Two words. Oh, come on, man. What? It could yeah, be any two words. Oh, and the answer is... Yes. <laughs> Do you remember I, the question? I have no idea. No, you remember. can get it. You're right. so close. You're so close. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> there's a show about a lawyer whose last name is Birdman. Oh His my first God. name is, is ridiculous. Birdman. If your last I'll name do an is something Birdman. Hi, hi, hi. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. How could I forget? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, that was the question? Yeah. The question that, is that... Harvey Firestein? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Harvey Firestein is amazing. Uh-huh. He's an amazing... Have you met him? I have met him. Oh, wow. He actually was uh, at like the early days of Broadway Impact, but he's he is uh, started so much of the discussion in the Broadway community about, you know, gay drama, and he's still right. He's an amazing writer. His play, Torch Song Trilogy, is going to open on Broadway. I think it starts previews this month um, with Michael Urie and Mercedes Rule. So he's he's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He really I'm a huge is. fan. So. so is that a point? That means a lot. No. No, he's not getting a point. That but... Uh, I think you did a great job. Oh, yeah. hey. I'll take the praise. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to do with take the point. Take the praise. So. Well, I mean, fair. <laughs> Uh, but you could get you. You do have one point. You could get more with lightning round round two. Oh my God! Okay, there's another five questions. Another exact thirty seconds. You're gonna have to answer. Okay. Are you ready? It doesn't matter. One. You don't need to be this scared. You're, you'll be I'm fine. I'm so scared. Yeah. I'm very. We're, I'm this very, is I'm as, terrible at competition. Imagine even with myself. Just see the vice president out in our booth <laughs> oh, in his no, underwear. Don't do that. Great. And you're gonna Great. feel. You're gonna be ready. Question yeah. one. Uh, one. If theater could only be watched by young people or old people, which would you pick? Mm-hmm. Two, does Ohio deserve a second chance? Why? Three, does theater change the audience more or the performer? Four, register 30 voters who agree with you or 100 voters whose preferences you don't know? Five, what's the last thing you'd want to sing ever? Sing a bit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, uh, um, uh, young voters... Oh, young, young. Okay, see, this is very hard. I'm like saying three, five questions at once. So I would love to have young people in the audience. Um, old people are keeping the theater scene going, but uh, young people are, are just so much fun to have out there. Tastemakers. And um, Ohio uh, is, I love Ohio. It's it's still it's where I grew up and it gave me so much of who I am. I love the people there. It was the best place to grow up and to go visit. Does it deserve a second chance? Yes. Why? 
because Ohio is kind of like the epicenter of the the discussion of, of America. And mm-hmm. I think that we need to give America a second chance. We need to give Ohio specifically a second chance and not the blame because I think that it's 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 worth it to keep to keep reaching out to people in Ohio, which I know is true for a lot of states, but I love those people in Ohio and there's a lot of people there who um want something else. Okay, something great. Better. I would uh, say there'd be a lot of red tape not giving it a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like a really long discussion. That would be a really long discussion. It'd be difficult. Yeah, a lot it'd of be difficult to true. be like, okay, that's it. <laughs> that's well, I, I know. I felt like I gave a really <laughs> heartfelt answer <laughs> yeah. for something that was like not, you know, yeah. like No, no, no. But that's beautiful. That's be a beautiful okay. answer. Logistical I really appreciate it. That's two questions. You have three more. Okay. And, um... Um... There was one about the registered voters. Register 30 people who agree with you or 100 that you don't know. 100 that you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Register everyone. We should all be trying to get everyone to, also, to vote. Also, playing the odds, probably about 72 of those 100 agree with you, which is a, side, a, a lot more than 30. Listen, you want to get people registered to vote who aren't registered to vote. And for the most part, those are people 18 to 25. Mm -hmm. And I want people who are 18 to 25 to have a voice about what's going on with the environment. Yes. That's like... That's what needs to happen. I think that's totally that's the best that's, answer. That's a, the best I'm answer. I'm giving you a point from the previous round for Whoa. that. Oh, wow. This is unheard of. I've never done that. Barry's I really never appreciate done that. that. Yeah. A retroactive last round point. Good. Yeah. I, and you're also just trying it. to like sidetrack me so I forget the There's rest no of these questions. There's no sidetracking here. This I is have all no incentive motion. to give you less right. points. No. no. Barry's never incentivized to steal points from you, Rory. Okay. So you've done three. You have two more. Two more. Two more. I know the last one. You don't have to go in order. By the okay, way. the last one is what song would you sing if it's your last song and mm-hmm. then sing it? Sing a bit. Sing a I, bit. I sing um, my song from Book of Mormon. Turn it off like a light switch. Just go click. It's a cool little Mormon trick. We do it all the time. When you're feeling certain feelings that just don't seem right, treat those pesky feelings like a reading light and turn it off. Which is a totally... funny song right before you die, yeah. because you're basically turning off the exactly. light of your life. Yeah. That would be uh, incredible comic <laughs> execution to yes. sing that right before oh, you die. Man, I got to figure out how to nail that. You, you were nominated nominated for a Tony yes, for that. Yes, lost one. If you did that one right, but you'd win right before you're you die. Right. That's a that's a winning performance right you're there. Right. Congratulations oh, on the nomination, yeah. though. What an honor. Thank yeah. you so much. You really have one huge. more question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about a Tony? I'm about to lose this game. Yeah, and then, I agree. Oh, God. You don't want to lose um, both. I don't think it was about the stage. It is a bit. It is. It it's is. related, yes. Yes. I don't remember, Lucas. You're so close. I will say it's between the audience or oh, the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, who's changed more, mm-hmm. the audience or the performer after a mm-hmm. performance? It's kind of, um, or just in general, it doesn't have to be one performance. Just in general, just say in general. Well, I would say that it's the audience because the audience comes in and they are looking for a journey, and a performer is constantly changing, is, is telling the same story over and over again. And sometimes the audience can affect the performer, like mm-hmm. the performance that I just told you about. You know, that that changed my life, you know? I mean, having to go through a performance like that. But 
I would say playing King George in Hamilton was the first time that um, playing a part changed who I am because I had to enter a stage by myself and say I was the king of England and that everyone had to listen to me. Mm. And like I said, I'm from Ohio and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to speak out of out of line. And it kind of taught me how to own a room, how to walk in and have a, a presence and be okay with what I bring to the table as soon as I enter a room. I, I, I really think that it, it changed things. And maybe you could say that's because I was in Hamilton and I'm like, oh, I was in Hamilton, but it's really not because I was in mm. Book of Mormon and I felt like really proud of that. But I was I, that part did not change me. In fact, I was singing about turning it off and like yeah. hiding. But playing a king, playing the king of England for a couple of years kind of changes um, what you realize is possible if you just kind of hold your head up high. Okay. Do you want to be the King of England now? Yeah. I do. Okay. Do you want to be King George of England? I do. I do. <laughs> do you see um, Gary Janetti, uh, the comedian who um, he's on Instagram and he constantly is just putting uh, Prince George, you know, the little kid, uh-huh. like all of these like bitchy things that he says about um, M- Meghan Merkel and stuff. You guys have <laughs> thought he's like, Ugh, I wouldn't be caught dead in that dress or like, stuff like that. But basically, yeah, I, if I could be a royal, I would I would definitely do it. Okay, wow. great. Well, those are, those are great answers. I, I did help you technically you a little bit. You definitely helped but me. But I'm still going to give you a half point. A point. I, you know, I was thinking half a point, yeah. but then I just felt, that felt like uh, wow. wishy-washy, and I thought the answers were so superlative wow. that I wanted to give a full point. Wow. Thank you. You know what I mean? Guys, uh, and also you sang. Half, I think. I think you're the first person to ever sing during a lightning round. Listen, and I... And that feels like I it, was, it made up the difference. I almost gave you, gave you half a song, and really I was just vamping to figure out what that other question was that I was <laughs> Getting. I was like, I'm gonna give them a whole well, see, damn thing. Wow. That's the kind of honesty that gets That's rewarded. Great. Here. I wish I could sing because then whenever you you need to pause or have, fill anything, yeah. you could just sing, and people yeah. are like, "That was the greatest thing." Yeah, ever. that was great. Yeah, but it's like really, I just didn't know what if to you say. Were a burglar, if you were a burglar, you were just like, I have to get away. <laughs> you could never just have an awkward silence if you're a singer. Ever. Yeah, uh, people like, would get a little bit like I have heard of that song a lot. No, like That's... close family members. <laughs> Gerald wouldn't. Lo- Gerald would be like, "Is there a song Gerald hates you singing now?" Gerald's your <laughs> husband. Yeah, Gerald, my husband. Um, I, I think that he just. Uh, there's pretty much a no Rory singing in the house rule. <laughs> so mm. anything, uh-huh. any so Rory. Every you house know, has that rule for he's, me. He's kind of in charge of of our house, but um, he also he was sitting next to me when I was at the Tonys, and as soon as I lost, he leaned over and said. I'm sorry, but I don't date losers. Ah, <laughs> so wow. we're not allowed to call me I'm a, t- a Tony wow. nominee. Yeah. I'm a Tony loser. Um, I mean, but yeah, it keeps me grounded. So right but, now, where is the where is the fight for marriage equality? For um, you know, I, I mean, the it, world. It's been passed. What are, What are you doing? Like, you, what's you're working the, on this new initiative? What's moving right? forward is what needs to. What What besides belt the vote? And, yeah, you know what What is the the attention that where does the attention need to be focused well really i mean we have an election coming up november 6th and it's so vital that everyone votes and i think that yes there are so many other things we can we can do but if we don't vote it all gets nothing matters yeah nothing matters everyone's been very upset over the last few weeks about uh supreme court justice being nominated and you know i there's plenty of of reasons to be concerned but um 
if things had gone a different way and there was a different person nominating um, a Supreme Court justice, they probably wouldn't be feeling that way. So the best way to take your frustration and put it towards something positive is to register and vote, get other people to register to vote and show up on November 6th. Do you know that like literally only 40 percent of registered or eligible voters showed up to vote in the last midterm election in 2014. It's so pathetic. And I think that a lot of us are thinking we're going to tweet our way to change. And that's just, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. If we don't show up, uh, we, we will not make a difference. So that's why... I think the Broadway community and the theater community can't get everyone to show up on November 6th, but with hashtag BeltTheVote and BeltTheVote.org, a website that um, we put together, you can go there, you can register, you can get other theaters, you can find other theaters that are involved and and throw a party to talk about your voter registration. Have a conversation with your friends about how you're going to vote on November 6th, how you're going to get there. We've partnered with When We All Vote. Um, which is a nonprofit started by Michelle Obama that is literally getting other organizations like or, or companies like Lyft to bring people to the polls November 6th. So there are so many um, ways that we can make sure that people show up November 6th. And I honestly don't I can't think of anything more important than that. Nothing. Uh, is there any information about Belt of Vote or, or that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, it, just to go to beltthevote.org and you can register to vote. For a lot of states, it's um, 15 days before the election. So you really have and through the, the middle of this month uh, to, to register. Do not wait. Don't Do wait. it right now. You can also go there and check your voter registration. Make sure it's current and up to date. And... Um, Go if you want to inspire people. Share that on social media. Find find whatever voter registration uh, website that it your, inspires you. Share that on social media. Have the conversation. I'm literally going through my phone and just calling up my friends and making sure that they're registered to vote. I think that it's important that we have the conversation right now because mm-hmm. we've literally got days before this election and we have to make sure everyone shows up. Yeah. Um, normally, we sort of finish with two questions, uh, but I feel like that one sort of answered one of them. Uh, well, you could have another organization. So we ask all our guests an organization that people should donate their time or money, and we obviously have built the vote. And, yes. Broadway uh, Cares. Resources. Broadway Cares. Broadway Cares. Yeah. Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. If you go to broadwaycares.org, mm-hmm. they're the absolute greatest people in the world. The change that they create in in this country is is something that has inspired me. And uh, their their director, Tom Viola, is my, my hero. Okay. Uh, we're going to finish with uh, one question, but I'm going to make it two. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, we never do uh, this. Which is uh, normally we, we ask everybody uh, to give us a reason to be hopeful or the reason uh-huh. that uh, they're the guest, you – you, yeah. Rory, are hopeful. Um, but in addition to that, I'd also be like, if you could think of one reason uh, why people need to vote. Right. And maybe you could just like lay that out there both. too. Yeah, both. Both a wow. reason to vote, a reason we need to vote, and a reason we should be, a reason to be hopeful. I'll say the, the reason we need to vote is because if you don't make your voice heard, someone will steal it and make it make it theirs if you aren't screaming from the rooftops uh about what where you think we need to go as a country somebody will take your power your energy and use it for them and 
we just can't afford that. So you need to have your voice heard. And um, this this election in particular is so important to, especially if you believe in a lot of things that are, are, are um, you know, may not be on the ballot, but leaders who are going to bring us towards, we're, we're at a, a turning point. And if we are saying everything that's the way that we're going is okay, if we give it a stamp of approval, I don't know how we'll come back. Um, so uh, being hopeful, yeah. <laughs> the the reason I'm hopeful is because in working with Belt the Vote and talking to people, everyone is motivated to make their voice heard. Everyone already feels this. They might not know exactly the way to do it yet. Some of them aren't registered. Some of them didn't know when the election was, but they want to make their voice heard. I think that everyone is hyper aware of the um, circumstances and the stakes of the election on November 6th in a way that a midterm election has not gotten the attention of for in decades. Yeah. So I think that in, in starting this, and like I said in the beginning, when you reach out to people who are having similar hopes, there's a people who are, who are already doing the work that we've been doing with Belt the Vote, and we're just collaborating with them. And uh, it's really inspiring to see things... People are trying. People are trying, and, and I'm I'm hopeful that they'll show up on November sixth. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Rory. Thanks, uh, thanks Rory. Is also on American Princess. Oh, yeah. with me, and we're friends, and it's going to be a great show. You should watch it January second. We'll talk about that in the you intro. You have a premiere too. date? I didn't yeah, know you had a premiere date. January second, ten p.m. on Lifetime. Yeah, you can baby. Watch me and Rory. Rory plays uh, William Shakespeare. Hey, yeah, a guy who plays William Shakespeare. Cool. Yes, it's great. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, take it easy, guys. We saved the world again. Bye bye.